Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. You may remember the song in the motion picture Mary Poppins when one of the characters admits between giggles, I love to laugh, ah ha ha ha, loud and long and clear. I have a feeling that Dr. Jennings would approve of such an indulgence. Today he makes a connection that many miss, the connection between laughter and health and laughter and God's word. Dr. Jennings joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? That's a great question. What I want to first do in a little time together this morning is maybe talk a little bit how laughter has an effect on our physical health. Good. And then we can talk about laughter and its relationship to our mental health or well-being and God's laws or how he's designed life to operate. Laughter has been shown to reduce inflammation in the body, improve diabetes control, reduce the incidence of heart attacks. In fact, cardiologists at the University of Maryland found that patients who had a heart attack were 40% less likely to laugh and that laughter was shown to reduce the risk of having a heart attack. Other research has found that uh, when you laugh, it actually helps dilate your blood vessels. It does this by producing a chemical called nitric oxide, which causes the blood vessels to dilate, which improves blood flow, oxygenation, lowers blood pressure about 22% or improves blood flow 22% whereas stress, worry, anxiety reduces blood flow by 35%. Now, you will probably get into this, Dr. Jennings, but right off the bat, I want to know, hey, this is a sad world. This is a tragic world. Where are we supposed to laugh at these days? So this is a a good question, is where do we focus our time? Where do we focus our energy? And I think if we believe in a great controversy worldview that there is a God of love and there is an enemy of selfishness and lies and evil— then you have to question, is there a strategy being purported, practiced in this world that is designed to focus our attention on distressing, fearful, anxiety-provoking, negativistic-type thought patterns and processes? I think we can look at that and see that there really is. If you watch what's going on in the news, you watch what's going on in social media, so much of the messages coming across are designed to induce fear, worry, apprehension, anxiety, which only undermines health and well-being. Yeah, really. We just seem to have an enemy that is dead set against us laughing. Am I right? Well, I think that's true. You know, we're talking laughter. We're talking about mirthful laughter, laughter with a good heart and a good spirit. We're not talking the laughter of cruelty, okay? The laughter where people laugh and make fun of somebody in a mocking, derogatory, or belittling way. That laughter has actually no health benefit at all. It's harmful. We're talking mirthful laughter, laughter with a clear conscience and a good heart. That type of laughter is what's actually good for us. And that type of laughter also improves our immune response. Studies have shown that people who have healthy types of laughter, the mirthful laughter, increase in their blood something called interferon gamma. And I don't know if you've heard of interferon or not, but after the laughter studies, it was discovered that this has got an antiviral role to it. And it's now a standard treatment for treating hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and it was all discovered through studying laughter. It sounds like you're saying that laughter is sort of like a medicine? Laughter has an effect on our brain, which then has an effect on our body. Our brain and body are quite closely connected. And so changing our mindsets or attitudes towards 
Mirthful laughter sends signals that have a calming effect and move our body's systems in a healthy direction. Worry, stress, fear send signals that move the body in another direction. Think about stress. There's two types of stress. One we call distress. That's negative worry, anxiety, fear. And one we call eustress. That would be the positive stress from from laughing or perhaps being in love with somebody, that positive energy that comes. And distress increases negative hormones like corticosteroids and adrenaline and things like that in our body. Whereas uh, eustress lowers the adrenaline and the stress hormones, the corticosteroids, and even improves our immune system and our ability to fight infections when we have positive emotional experiences like laughter. Now, you stressed. Spell that for me. What's you stressed? E U. Ah, okay. S T R E S S. All right. You stress. You stress. That's the good stress. I'm glad to hear that there is a good stress out there. You stress. So, how do we get more of the you stress and less of the distress? Well, we have to choose the activities and things we focus upon. That doesn't mean we bury our heads in the sand and we don't deal with real-life problems. In fact, people who are more willing to deal with life problems when they present will have less stress because they resolve the problem and don't let it fester and build into something worse. Okay, But also making choices to put problems aside, spend time focusing on uplifting things, time with the Lord, for instance, time with family, time out in nature, and then seeing the positives in things, seeing opportunities to resolve problems, and then finding time to actually laugh. And we talked about the physical benefits of laughter. Studies show that people who laugh regularly actually have less anger. They're less irritable. They have less depression. They have less tension. If they have chronic pain conditions and they laugh regularly, they have better pain control, need less pain medicines. People with lung disease have better lung function, reduced blood sugars and diabetics. All of these things are positive benefits of having regular laughter. You know, we need to start thinking about laughter not only as a medicine like a drug medicine would be. It's also an exercise. When we laugh and we really, really laugh, we're exercising our body a lot. Am I right? You are. And so thank you for bringing that up because that actually points out we have to give a little warning or concern because if somebody has serious or certain medical conditions, hearty, really jovial, forceful laughter could cause problems. Mm-hmm. Somebody with a with a hernia that laughs really hard could worsen a hernia. Somebody with an aneurysm laughs really mm-hmm. hard could rupture an aneurysm. Asthmatics that have poor control could cause bronchial spasms and worsen their breathing. So while laughter is generally good, there could be a certain condition that a person has that they have to be careful. Don't laugh too hard if you have those conditions until they're resolved. All right. I like that. For those who have those conditions, we recommend giggles as opposed to belly laughs. That sounds like a good idea. Now, Dr. Jennings, you said that that it helps our health. How does it help us with our understanding or proper interpretation of God's Word? So this is a great point. You know, in the Bible, it talks about a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Okay, well, I've given you the science behind that, what it's talking about. People should consider that how is it possible that that somebody living 3,000 so years ago could have known that there was a health benefit from having a cheerful or merry heart. Mm. And uh, the science has actually proven that that's true. But what's interesting, when the Bible talks about the Lord's directions for our lives. The Lord always attaches a heart attitude toward it. 
For instance, in Isaiah 58, speaking of Sabbath keeping, he just says that the Sabbath must be called a delight, mm. which means now we have an option. There's, there's a Sabbath commandment. We can keep the Sabbath commandment as a rule as something we're obliged to do, as a restriction, something we're commanded to do. And so we behaviorally carry it out. But does that mean we, in our hearts, delight in it? Not necessarily. I like this analogy. You can tell your children that they must eat their spinach, and you make it an obligation even with a threat of punishment. And perhaps you can force your children to eat the spinach. But can you force them to enjoy it? Mm, Yeah. So religious behavior without a proper heart attitude does not have benefit for us. So whether it's Sabbath keeping or any church attendance or any type of religious behavior, if the heart attitude is one of drudgery, one of stress, worry, fear of punishment from God, anxiety, obligation, but there's no joy, there's no love, there's no delight, there's no mirthfulness in it, then it's actually destructive and damaging to us. And you can see examples in in history and recorded in scripture. There was a group of people who were fastidious Sabbath keepers, made all kinds of rules for it, but you saw they were not joyful, happy, they were not healthy people, and they ultimately rejected Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reminded of the psalmist David. If you look through his psalms, you see a man who sometimes has that, that bad stress over keeping God's law, but most of the time he is just filled with joy over keeping God's law. Is he a good example for us to follow? Absolutely. When we see it in that light, and David did see it in that light. And so here is a key to actually helping people see it in this light. Step back and ask the question, how do I understand God's law? Do I see God as creator, the being who built space, time, energy, matter, and life? And therefore, his laws are the laws upon which reality operate, gravity, physics, the moral laws, and so forth. What we described in laughter is simply how reality works. It's a law on how reality works. If you're worried, stressed, anxiety, fearful, you get health problems. If you have cheerfulness, if you have peace within, if you laugh and have a happy heart, you get health benefits. It is not something that an external authority inflicts upon you. But when we think about God's law as functioning like human law, just a system of rules that require adjudication, a, a someone to oversee, someone to inflict penalties, and we just have to conform behaviorally, that leads to worry that I do it right. Mm. And I've heard Christians worry. I've heard some talk and say, you know, I was baptized, but somebody told me that it wasn't done right. I, they didn't say in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And so does that count? And now they're all worried because the ritual wasn't carried out properly. And that causes anxiety and stress. And so when we come back to see God as our creator and then think about how he built life to operate and move towards harmony with him, we experience wellness. But if we approach the same perhaps behavior, like Sabbath keeping, for instance, or whatever else it might be, through an obligation or rule that's fear-inducing, that's how human laws work. That's damaging to us. You know, Dr. Jennings, you have just answered a question that I had in my mind for some time. I I see on on Facebook and social media places that there are some people, some of my friends, they just love, they think science is just wonderful. Science is the answer to everything. Science is that set of laws that we all live by. But what they're missing is that overarching cover of God and science. God is where the joy is. God is where the relief is. God is where the, the, the hope is. 
So God adds that layer of joy and happiness and laughter to the harshness and the law sticklers of science. Am I right in saying that? University of Baylor survey of views of God in the United States found that 32% of Americans, the majority who 75% are Christian, view God as authoritarian or dictator-like, basically no different than Caesar. 24% see him as distant. 23%, less than one in four, see him as benevolent God. So you're right if you have the right view of God as Jesus revealed him to be, but many people will take everything you just said and then worship a God who's authoritarian, dictator-like, and that type of worship is actually damaging to people and it does not bring health. So the key, again, is understanding God as creator and his laws upon which life is built. And remember, all law hangs on two principles. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love cannot be commanded. I can't say to you, Charles, love me or I'll kill you. Love me or I'll imprison you, okay? Love is the basis for God's character. It's the basis for his creation, and it's the basis for his law, but it is not imperial. It is simply how God is and how he built life to operate. Oh, what a wonderful opportunity we have to love the God of love, to love the God of, of laughter and of peace and of, and of beneficence and of forgiveness. Then we have that wonderful comforter of uh, God's love to wrap around the science of our lives, the events of our lives. That is a beautiful message for us, Dr. Jennings. We appreciate that. Comeandreason.com is the website. Lots of good resources there. Dr. Jennings' books are all right there. And Dr. Jennings, you have something new available on your website, am I right? Yes, we have the paraphrase of the Psalms going up, and right now we have 105 of them up, and every week we're putting up more, and pretty soon, within the next few weeks, we should have all 150 of them on our website. All right, comeandreason.com. Check it out, listener. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Appreciate it. Always happy to do it, Charles. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.